Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. So go ahead and turn your Bible to Psalm 30. Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12. I have a single message for you, and it's actually um, a word that God gave me uh, Sunday morning during worship. How many of you loved uh, Sunday morning worship? It was very powerful. Um, Pastor Barbara and Lawson were kind of flowing in the spirit, um, giving prophetic words. But God was speaking to me, and what he spoke to me was that um, he spoke to me this this exact um, quote. He said, the enemy wants to give you a black coat of mourning. I want to give you a coat of many colors, a coat that reflects the colors of my throne room. And um, so I'll say that again. You can write it down if you want. I, um, I was thinking about whether or not I should come up and share it and grab the mic and share it, but I felt God wanted me to just kind of chew on it for a while, and sometimes when I chew on a, like a prophetic word that God gives me, it turns into a teaching. God shows me even more through what he was sharing with me. So the, the word was this, is the enemy wants to give you a black coat of mourning, but I want to give you a coat of many colors, a coat that reflects the colors of my throne room. And I'm going to kind of uh, teach a little bit through this, but I, I believe it's a now word for this church, a now word for several people here. Um, it's been a and as I've kind of studied out, I see that God has worked this word out in my life. And I'm going to kind of teach on this um, from morning to dancing, what God wants to clothe you with. He wants to clothe you with a coat of many colors that reflects the colors of the throne room. So I'm going to start in Psalm 30. Uh, Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12. You can turn there in your Bible if you'd like. But the first point I have from this prophetic now word teaching is this. It's that God wants to clothe you with gladness. Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12, it says, You have turned me from my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Sackcloth, that's mourning, that's that's weep, that's that's clothing that you wear for mourning. You you put dirt on yourself. It's um, you, You have put off my sackcloth, clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Amen. I love that. So um, when God was speaking to me about it, he wants to, 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 to remove this black coat of mourning and give us a coat of many colors, um, I, I, I looked up um, in Revelation, because God spoke to me about the throne room and the colors of the throne room and kind of the attire that we get in the throne room. So let's go to Revelation 7. Revelation 7. And when I was kind of thinking this, I was kind of like talking to God. Do you ever have a conversation with God? I like to have these theological kind of nitpicky questions with God. I'm like, God, I thought you wanted to give us like robes of white, right? In, in Revelation, you know, all the saints are clothed in white, correct? I, I thought just Joseph was the only guy in the Bible that got a coat of many colors. And here God, I feel like, is telling me he's going to give us this coat of many colors. So I'm like kind of talking to God, well, I thought we were white. Why are you saying it's a coat of many colors? So let's, let's look, God, so God told me to go study this out. So we're going to look here in Revelation 7, starting in verse 9. So sure enough, Pastor Aaron was right in his, you know, discussion with God that we are clothed with white. So I'll show you in scripture how Pastor Aaron was right. Revelation 7, verse 9 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. So we do get white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power. I love that. Aaron Skaggs had a word about the balance of power, all power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then it says, one of the elders answered, saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know. That's a good um, response if you don't know. You know. So he said to me, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. 
For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. I love that. That's kind of relating to Psalm 23 and what Jesus said in John 10, that he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He's going to lead you to those living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He's going to turn your mourning into dancing. And that, we don't just have to wait till heaven for that to happen. He wants to clothe us with gladness even right now here on the earth, even in this lifetime. Amen. So yes, we'll be clothed with white. And um, I was, I, I kind of like, I haven't taken physics in a long time, but I started thinking about all, all you know, physics, the physics of light and, and how, how different colors work. So white actually reflects every, every visible wavelength of light. White reflects every visible wavelength of light that shines on it. So that's, so that's why a white object looks white to us. You know, colored objects, on the other hand, I'm wearing, I'm wearing purple tonight, kind of a reflection of our nation. It's just red and blue, and there was no real red wave or blue wave or whatever. It's just nothing really changed dramatically, right? It's just kind of stagnant. People don't care enough, I guess. It's just very stagnant. Very purple um, pools out there. Anyways, um, colored objects, on the other hand, reflect back only some of the wavelengths. They absorb the rest. But black objects, I talked about how, how the enemy wants to give you a, a black coat of mourning. Black objects absorb all wavelengths of light. You know, I believe that this is why God clothes us in white, because we are to reflect his being. You know, black absorbs everything. We are not here to absorb everything in this world. We're not to be like this world, to be conformed to this world, to absorb this world, to imitate the world, to let this world affect us, to have its philosophies, its deceits, its lies, to just come into who we are. We are to reflect God here on this earth. We are citizens of heaven. We are to emanate his light. We are to reflect his light. We are to, to, to be imitators of Jesus. We are to, to reflect him here on this earth, on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us to reflect every aspect of his light. He is complete light. In him is no darkness, no blackness, no, no, none of that at all. He wants us to reflect his goodness, his love, his power, his presence, and his might. So yes, in, in heaven, all, the, all these saints will, will, will be part of that saintly crew. Amen. Here at Karis Christian Center, we believe that when you receive Jesus, you are no longer a sinner, you are a saint. It still amazes me at, at like what great percentage of the body of Christ still identifies as a sinner. Just recently, Heather and I had dinner with some neighbors, and, and they, they're, they're very involved at their, their local church, and um, we had a lot of common ground, but he was saying that, that, you know, just, he was talking about organized religion, and why we need organized religion is because we're all just sinners, and we all need help, and I said, the, the church is not organized religion. It's, it's the living, breathing body of Christ. We are the, the bride of Christ. We, we come into relationship with Jesus, just like a, a, a groom and, and the bride come into relationship. Well, I, I'm, I'm married to a very spontaneous woman. She doesn't like me to organize her life. I didn't, I didn't say, yes, Heather, will you take this ring and enter this organized contract with me? <laughs> I can't wait till we're married and we have this great organization between me and you. And, and you fix all of my problems. And, and religion is stupid. Anyways, we are, we are saints. We were clothed in white. And, and, and when we're in that throne, in, in that presence of God in heaven, and I believe, I believe this is what he was telling me about here on earth, that he's going to clothe us with coats of many colors. I believe that those white robes, it's not like just white here on the earth, like the white robes, that it's going to reflect who God is in a very visible way. And God, God is so so good, so full of love, so full of power, so beautiful, so pure, so holy, that even the light emanating from him, it bends into a rainbow of color. And, and, and John actually talks about that. It's kind of hard for him to describe what he was seeing. But let's look at Revelation 4, verse 1. And I think this is what our clothing will reflect 
These white robes will reflect these colors. So Revelation 4, verse 1, it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you these things, which must, must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. It's important for us to have a picture of what's happening in heaven, both now and for all eternity, because God says on earth as it, as it is in heaven. He wants, he wants these things to, to be enacted. He wants his kingdom to, to advance here on the earth. It says, and he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. There was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. So just from God emanating this light, the father of lights, with whom there is no variance, no shadow of turning, he's just emanating light. And because he, just his being is so clear, so holy, so pure, just that light, it, it shoots out in like, like a rainbow of color. Amen. I'm really glad that the whole LGBT movement is moving away from the rainbow. The rainbow is too simple for them now. It's not enough colors so that, you know, the, the new flags are just like, you can't even describe some of the new flags. And I, I don't, I know, I'm glad that the rainbow belongs to God. It, it's, it's a covenant between God and, and man established with Noah. Amen? And I'm glad that before too long we'll be able to use it boldly at the church and it will not have evil connotations associated with it. Amen? It's, it's crazy what's going on in the world today. And I'm, I'm ready for God to come quickly. There's, there's a lot I could say, but I'm, I'm going to keep it short tonight and stay on track. <laughs> Verse 4, around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. They had crowns of gold on their heads, and from the throne proceedings, lightnings, thunderings, and voices, seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. I believe that God, his, just, his very appearance here to John, it's just so brilliant, so clear, so pure, that his very being just bends the light that he is emanating. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. I don't know how that works scientifically, but I just think it's just, it's just going to be really awesome to see him in person. God wants us to reflect this light. Every color that bends and bounces around his throne room in heaven, he wants to close us, clothe us with that, a coat of many colors. Amen. So the enemy wants to give you that black coat of mourning, but God wants to give you a coat of many colors, a coat that reflects the colors of his throne room. He wants to clothe you with gladness. I like the very first message that Jesus preached when he started his ministry, after he was baptized in water by John the Baptist, after the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, remained upon him, the Father spoke in an audible voice saying, this is my beloved son. I love what Jesus preached. He preached straight from Isaiah 61. Let's look at Isaiah 61 and read the first few verses. He said that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives in the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The enemy wants to clothe you with a spirit of heaviness. He wants to bind people. He wants to, to, to put people in a perpetual state of mourning. But Jesus said that I am giving you a garment of praise. Jesus came to give, give us a garment of praise. Amen. So what happens here on this earth when you're dealing with a spirit of heaviness? Maybe, maybe the enemy has taken away that garment of praise, that robe of color that God is. What do you do when the enemy tries to steal from you what God has given you, what God wants to give you? You take back what the enemy has stolen. You don't have to put up with it. You can stand up to the devil. You can stand up to the enemy. Man, there, there, there is an enemy. There is a deceiver. 
a, a big time deceiver here on the, and I am really surprised at who is buying in to his deception. Just, just a week and a half ago, a very well-known pastor who, I, who I've loved and appreciated had, had Stacey Abrams at his church and told the entire congregation to vote for her. Just a few months ago, Stacey Abrams, she's running for governor in, in, in Georgia. Thank God she did not win. She said that the, the heartbeat that you hear at, at six weeks old in the doctor's office is manufactured. It's a great conspiracy. Creflo Dollar told his church to vote for her. It, it, is, it, is, it is abysmal. It is pitiful. Man, there, there is an enemy. There is deception. Even, even the elect don't buy into identity politics. Don't vote based upon race, based upon gender, based upon Truth comes from the word of God, period. Jesus is the author of life. God is the creator of life. When the sperm meets the egg, there, there, scientists have seen it, there, there is a flash of light. Life begins at conception, period. And yes, the heartbeat that, that is heard at six weeks, it is heard. It is not a manufactured sound that some conspiracy people are playing for, for mothers to hear and to want to have their babies. It, it is awful. I'm ready to advance this kingdom. There is an enemy. He, he is against the kingdom of light. He is against the kingdom of heaven. He is against truth. He is against all those who are covered by the blood of the lamb. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is the author of lies. He is the ruler of darkness, the ruler of this present evil age. He is a deceiver, a killer, a thief, and a destroyer. And if the thief be found, he shall restore sevenfold. I'm not backing down from truth. Man, Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. He makes it really clear. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If it is killing, stealing, destroying, it is not from God. It is not good. It is from the enemy and you don't have to put up with it. You know, the enemy, he's tried to rob me before financially, physically, emotionally, relationally, trying to steal my divine call and purpose. So what do I do when he does that? I make him pay. I don't blame God. I don't attribute it to God. I make the devil pay. You know, another minister that, that I, I, I've enjoyed listening to over the years and enjoyed his ministry is Rodney Howard Brown. Years ago, his, his, he had a daughter who was 18 years old. She dealt with a, um, a genetic illness for her entire life. She died at 18 on Christmas Day. And um, he said he, he, was, he was holding her, her body in his arms, and he was talking to God, and God was asking me, do you trust me? He said, yes, God, I trust you. And he said, on that day, I, 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 I decided to make the devil pay. He said, I decided that I, I would, be, because the devil did this, I'm going to bring 100 million souls with me to heaven. I'm going to give $1 billion to world missions. Amen. He is on a roll. He has not stopped. He is making the devil pay. Amen. He is making the devil pay. He is helping bring, bring revival to the state of Florida. If the thief be found, he must restore. And you can say that he must restore sevenfold. That's what Proverbs 6.31 says. Man, when the devil has attacked me, I make him pay. I don't stop. I don't go. I don't retreat. I don't fall down. I don't play dead. He's going to have to pay. And I'm going to get back what the enemy has stolen. Amen. Man, I, I, I've... I've 
realize that I, I don't like being robbed from in any shape, or way, or form. You know, years ago when I was in Houston, I've, I've told this story a couple times, but I know there's some new people here tonight. So you get to hear this story about me in my younger days. So this is, I was, I was around 22, 23 years old. I, um, I was in Houston at the time. I, I, I was, um, it was a gap year between my master's and my doctorate when I was studying at Rice University and I started buying and selling watches online. I was buying and selling watches online to, to I believe that God just helped me um, grow financially and helped me to pay off all my debt, but I was buying and selling watches online and um, I was on a bike ride in Houston. I, um, I like to bike around just to get exercise. So I, I um, had just gotten back to my apartment complex. I was, we I was wearing my you know, biking outfit with my helmet and tight tight gear on, and um, the, the mailman was there, so I was really excited because I'd get, get new packages every day, new, new watches, and every day it was Christmas um, when I was doing that business, and um, I, I was talking to the, I, I went into the lobby and was talking to the mailman. I had, he gave me two packages, I had them in my hands, and out, out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone get on my bike and take off and steal it. So um, just, just, um, my snap reaction was to just chase after this guy. So I was chasing after him right, right there near um, downtown Houston. It's a very busy street, um, Bel Air, Bel Air Avenue. It's a very big, big main, main road there. There's um, six, six lanes, three on each side of the road. He was going down the sidewalk you know, in opposing traffic, and I just took off running after him full speed ahead, my helmet on, both, you know, two packages in my arms, just chasing after this guy. During rush hour, he was going against traffic, and, um, you know, I, I think he could, he could hear this guy screaming after him, like, give me my bike, give me my bike, and like, he kind of panicked and, and tried to play Frogger across six lanes of traffic. Um, he survived, I played Frogger and jumped across all six lanes as well and kept chasing after this guy. And um, after, after, this, you know, after this all ended, I actually um, pulled up Google Maps and saw how far I ran after this guy. But I actually ran, ran further than half a mile after this guy down Bel Air Avenue. I was chasing him, and um, I was keeping up with him for a while. But um, near a half a mile, I, I was just winded. I couldn't run anymore, and I, I just gave up. Gave up the ghost. I, I like, put my head down. I was like cramping. and, and um, I thought my, you know, bike that I bought for $80 on Craigslist was forever gone. <laughs> and just as I did that, this, this um, Texan soccer mom pulls up in her minivan right next to me. And she says, I saw what happened. Get in the car. We're getting your bike. <laughs> so I, I hopped in her minivan in the front seat. I, I put my packages down. I put my helmet down. And um, the, the guy thought he lost me. He, like, he couldn't see me anymore, so he, he got off on a side street, kind of started going slow. And I told this you know, Texan soccer mom, I said, hey, get up as close as you can to that guy. And um, when you do, like, I'm going to leave all my stuff in the car. I'll come back for it, but I, you're, I'm going to jump out of this thing, and you're going to see like, the, the, the biggest tackle you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> She's like ready to see this, you know, 100, at the time I think I weighed just like 130 pounds. I weigh like 140 now. <laughs> but uh, she, she got, like he was on the other side of the, of the street on, the, on the, the sidewalk and she got fairly close and she was still like, she didn't even come to a stop. She was still going like 10 miles per hour and I just jumped out of the car and sprinted full on at this guy. Like I, I, was, I was about ready to go airborne and just like Superman this guy. <laughs> just to the ground while he's on the bike. And um, um, thankfully, like, his guardian angel warned him about this fury red torpedo that was about ready to happen. And he, he, he saw me coming, just, he knew he couldn't out-bike out me, outrun me, so he just jumped off the bike and just took off running. So thankfully, I didn't, I didn't like, harm anyone physically. And, um, and um, you know, I got my bike back. I was, like, shaking with adrenaline. I got my packages, my helmet, rode back, and, and the, the mailman had been waiting this whole time. He's like, this is like 10 or 15 minutes later by the time I get back, he'd just been waiting to see what, you know, Pastor Aaron, I wasn't Pastor Aaron at the time, but 
I wonder who's going to win this battle. He's probably like placing a bet with the office manager at the time. <laughs> but I got my bike back. And anyways, um, after, after I, I, I left my phone number with this, she asked for my number because she said she's going to call the cops and, and try to get this guy caught and stuff. So I left my phone number with her. And anyways, like an hour later, um, the, the cops called me and, and they, they just said, um, like three or four people apparently witnessed this and they're all chasing after this guy. And they, <laughs> they were calling the cops and um, I guess so many people had witnessed this that they, they were all like, the, the, the lines were flooded and they, like, they're all upset because they couldn't get through to the cops and they were like, this is supposed to be the best neighborhood in Houston and we can't even call the cops, we can't even get through to talk to anyone. And um, that is a state of justice there. You don't want to commit crimes in Texas, I can tell you that. There are many um, self-appointed sheriffs <laughs> there. And, um, and uh, anyways, the cops called me, and they, they, um, they, 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 I guess they, 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 they were able to catch the guy and arrested him because people were following him and calling the cops and saying, we're on the street and, and whatever. And they, they had him arrested. I guess he had, like, a huge criminal history, a lot of things that are much worse than stealing, you know, some flute player's $80 Craigslist bike. And, and they just said, hey, if... if this bike is worth more than $100. We can actually, you know, press charges against him and put him in jail, which we would like to do. They said, how much? You know, I said, well, I bought it on Craigslist used, but knew it would be $400. So they said, all right, we'll write down $400. And they were happy to, to serve justice on the streets of Houston. My point of this story is, you don't just have to put up. And, there, and, and even if you think you can't, the, God will send people, he will send Texas soccer moms to help you out. <laughs> he will send angels in, in various forms to help you. Take back what the enemy has stolen from you. Amen. So I believe that God, he, he wants to give you this coat of many Colors, maybe your purpose has been sidetracked. Maybe what God has given you, has, the enemy has attacked it. But God will protect you with favor. Even if you feel like your coat of many colors has been stolen, God will still protect you. This is my next point. You are protected with favor like a shield no matter what is going on in this world. No matter what the world is throwing at you. You don't have to absorb it. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to take it. You don't have to, 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 to just absorb this black coat, sackcloth, mourning identity. Even if you are going through a period of loss, a period of, uh, of attack, God will protect you and he will bring you through it. You are protected with favor like a shield. Psalm 5, verse 12, it says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Just um, yesterday, um, my wife is um, the, the third grade um, room mom for her teacher. She wanted to volunteer at school and um, just make sure our school is on track and our teacher is on track because there's a lot of crazy out in the world today. And we have a great school, a great teacher, a lot of great parents. We're very thankful for it. But she volunteered all day yesterday because they need extra help because for the third graders at school, it was Roman day. So Fisher was very excited. He got a Roman outfit, a Roman soldier outfit. He was going to go, um, you know, learn, learn about Roman society, Roman life, Roman warriors. And um, um, Heather, Heather thought it'd be a good idea if I brought Ada along. I was taking care of Ada so she could be the room mom for the day. And um, I brought Ada along. We thought we'd, we'd be doing all these, you know, Trojan, Spartan wars outside, but it was actually inside. So I had to take care of Ada, and she wanted to run all around that school like a wild person. And... Um, but she really wanted to, to, to be part of, of their, their games. They were reenacting the Trojan War. And um, they all had their shields. And I was just kind of picturing this, this scripture that you will protect him, like, with a shield. And they, they, they um, were doing, you know, Roman Spartan Wars with dodgeballs and their soldier outfits. And uh, it was really cool. Like, the, I guess the high school Latin class puts this on. And the, the Latin teacher was there, like, talking to them all in Latin. And the, his students were the centurions. And they were translating into English for them. It was very, very cool. Um, anyways, but, but they had these, you know, cardboard shields. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, we picture, like, this, this favor that God shields us with. We just protect, you know, our, even when we talk, of, like, think about the armor of God and having this shield. You know, um, when God says he's going to shield you, it's not like, it's, it's in a much more deeper, meaningful way. You know, back then when people wrote the Bible, that's, that's the shield they could picture. 
But the, the, the shield I picture today is like, it's like more like from Star Wars. It's a, it's a complete sphere around you. It's a force field that, that nothing that the world, nothing that the enemy can do can, can impact you, can hurt you. That's how God's favor works. It's not just some cardboard shield that your kid carries or, or those plastic shields that you wore when you were wearing the armor of God. It, it is a, a 360 force field that, that protects you spirit, soul, and body. So even when the enemy tries to steal what God has, this, this, this garment of praise, this coat of many colors, God will protect you with favor. And I think a great story that illustrates this is the story of Joseph. You know, someone who, who received an actual coat of many colors. And the reason why he got this coat of many colors is because the father loved him. He had favor with his father. This is a picture of us, a picture of Jesus Christ, really. The, the father delights in the son, gives him this coat of many colors. This is, um, you can turn here to Genesis. We'll read a few verses through Genesis. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a brief version of the story of Joseph. But in Genesis 37, verse 3 and 4, it says, Now Israel, the father of Joseph, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. I was kind of thinking about the son of his old age. You know, if you're a younger child, you tend to get more spoiled than the older children who are the sons and the daughters of the young age. Does this make sense? People, people who have children when they're old, older tend to have more money, more stability, you know, this type of thing. They tend to, you know, a few weeks ago, Fisher got invited to one of his friend's um, um, birthday parties at his house. And um, um, this is like an older couple. Now that they have these children, I think they're, they're some, anyways, they went to the house and um, it was a pool party, you know, in October in Colorado. And they, they go there and, um, you know, these, these people are older, they, they've, because they've had children in their older age, they're, they're able to really lavish their children. So they have, they have this big outdoor pool in October, you know, Heather took Fisher there and, you know, it has like a waterfall. And um, Heather's taking pictures, sending it to me. She's from Tennessee where, where everyone has pools. And she's like, Aaron, we should get a pool. And I'm like, we are not going to have a pool in our backyard. And, um, you know, just to heat a pool of that size in Colorado in October, I know that would be probably close to $2,000 just to heat that thing per month. And um, um, dream big. I'm, I'm going to dream big. I'm not quite that old yet. Someday, maybe we'll have an outdoor pool and heat it in Colorado. But Fisher's birthday is November 13th, so that's going to be a lot of money to heat it when it's getting down to 16 degrees at night here in Colorado in November. But anyways, you know, their, their whole basement was like a giant arcade. That was, in, you know, and Fisher was like, oh, <laughs> this is, this is, a, you know, heaven as, as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. I'm praying for an arcade and an outdoor pool. And anyways, he was the son of his old age. So he gave him, made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So it says um, they hated him, this jealousy, this, this wrath was stirred up in them. And um, that coat of many colors, it, it, it caused an issue with people around them. You know, the enemy does not like that God wants to give you his favor, that he wants to clothe you with gladness, that he wants to give you this coat of many colors. He might even try to stir up jealousy, strife, offense, bitterness in your life and strip you of that coat. Joseph's brothers actually stripped him of that coat. They put him down in a pit. They were going to kill him. They dipped that coat in blood. They were going to tell the father that he was killed by a wild animal. But even though they were planning to kill him, they didn't realize that God's hand was still on his life. God's favor was still on it. E even if people are unjustly trying to harm you, trying to strip that, that what God has given you off you, they cannot remove the favor of God on your life. If God has blessed you, no one can curse you. No family member, no boss, no neighbor, no, no governor, no politician, no one can strip you of the favor of the blessing that God has on your life. So they're going to kill him, but God. But God put it on the heart of Reuben to spare his life. 
He said, let's put him, I'm going to go away, but put him in this pit. And what Reuben was planning on doing was, was to actually to save Joseph. God, God moved in Reuben's heart. He wanted to save his life, and Reuben went away for a moment. And while he went away, they saw these Ishmaelites um, going along the road, and they decided to sell Joseph into slavery instead for 20 shekels of silver. You see kind of craziness, greed going on, jealousy, greed, it all kind of goes together. Even Jesus was sold for 30 shekels of silver. We see a lot of, a lot of similarities between the life of, of Jesus. So Joseph was sold into slavery. He eventually landed in the house of Potiphar, who was the, the captain of the guard of Pharaoh, a very high-ranking military official um, for, for Pharaoh in Egypt. And he immediately had favor. Um, it says in Genesis 39, verse 4, that he was made an overseer of the house, and everything was put under his authority. And while, while everything was put under his authority, um, Potiphar's wife lusted after Joseph. It said that he was handsome in form and appearance. And when lust doesn't have its way, it turns to hatred. If you want to feel, you know, learn if someone really loves you or not, just, just, see, just, you know, Heather and I started dating, and, and pretty soon into our dating relationship, relationship, she broke up with me. I didn't get what I wanted. But I didn't, I didn't start hating her, start being mean to her. I, 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 you know, she even said, like, we should just be friends. And I just told her, hey, I'm almost 30. I don't want just a female friend. I'd prefer a wife. So, no, I'm not going to be your friend and talk to you and spend time with you. Like, it's not what I need in my life right now. But I'm going to be happy, and you can be happy, and God be with you. I didn't get angry and hate her, and, and, um, and, and God, God worked in that situation. She ended up realizing how handsome and <laughs> in form and appearance I was. And our love wasn't a selfish love. It was a selfless love. Amen. It's kind of funny, and when, when I started dating her, some, some girls who kind of liked me ended up getting upset, and you can see how some, some people's things, and they don't get what they want. Anyways, when you don't get what you want, that reveals if something's really love or not. So when no one was around, she kept, you know, trying to put the moves on Joseph. He wouldn't, he was unshakable. But when no one was around, she caught him by his garment, by this robe that he had on, this robe that he still had favor, she, and, and she stripped him of that garment, saying, lie with me. He ran for his life, just left that garment, you know, went streaking through Egypt, and she started screaming that he tried to assault her, that that lust turned quickly to hate. She stole that robe of authority, but that she could not steal the favor of God that was on his life. He was thrown in prison, quite possibly sentenced there for the rest. I, I doubt it. I think he was probably sent there to die, honestly. If, if you're a slave and you were accused of raping a high-ranking you know, official's wife in Egypt, more than likely he was put on death row. But immediately in that prison, God, God's favor just shined through him. He had favor with that, the, the guard there. The guard was probably, I'm guessing, again, this is something that I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven and asked Joseph when I visit his house there, you know what, were you on death row? And I, I think the answer probably was yes. I don't, I don't think they had, had the laws like we do today in Egypt where, where Pharaoh was God and, and people worshiped cats and that sort of thing. But it says, even in the prison, Genesis 39, verse 21, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him, no one, no one could strip him of that favor. They took his coat of many colors. Potiphar's wife stripped him of his robe, stripped him of his position of authority there in Potiphar's house, but God was with They could not strip God's blessing from him. The Lord was with Joseph, showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the, the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were there in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. That's powerful. 
You cannot be stripped of God's favor on your life. It doesn't matter who tries to take it away from you. No, no matter what the world tries to do, no matter what happens in, in the po political world, no matter what happens at your job, your family, whatever, the favor of God on your life cannot be stripped away from you. So even while he's in prison, he met the baker of Pharaoh, the butler. They both had dreams. Joseph told the butler that he would be restored to his position. The baker would be executed. His, his, his um, interpretation came to pass. He told the butler, hey, remember me when you go to Pharaoh. I actually shouldn't be in here. What prisoner has said that before? Probably many. So the butler probably just forgot about it. I've heard that before. So this has been two years later. The butler forgot about Joseph for two years. He's still hanging out in prison. And then Pharaoh had some dreams that were from God. The butler remembered Joseph. They sent for Joseph, and he shaved, and he dressed for success. He went before Pharaoh. He went before Pharaoh as, as an ambassador of God. And he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, told Pharaoh what, what should be done, gave him a word of wisdom. And Pharaoh realized that the hand of God was on Joseph's life. And it said that Pharaoh gave Joseph garments of fine linen. Fine linen represents priestly garments. When we read through the Old Testament, the priests are to wear fine linen because these garments are breathable. It's something that you don't work in, you don't toil in, you don't sweat in. You enter into that place of rest. Just like Christ became the high priest for us and we are now made priests unto God. Amen? The nice thing about linen, they, they look nice and dressy, but they're also comfortable. You know, my, my, my wife Heather loves shoes. Like every other day I get a package and my dog's barking and I'm like, why do we have a package here? And it's usually a pair of shoes for her or Ada. And, and, and the, the secret to a good pair of shoes for a woman is something that looks very nice and very dressy, but it's also very comfortable. Fine linen means it looks nice, it's dressy, you're, you're, you're a high priest, but it's also comfortable. That's, that's the, the, the attire that Joseph was given. Amen. He was given this robe of white. In, in Genesis 41, verse 42 and 43, it says, Pharaoh took his ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, that ring of authority, that ring of decision-making. He clothed him in these garments of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck, and he had him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. You really can't keep a good man down. You really can't keep a God man down, a God woman down. A woman of God, a man of God cannot be kept down. The favor of God will always cause you to rise up. See, if the enemy tries to put you down, you just keep getting back up because the favor of God is still upon you. So yes, God wants to clothe you with favor, protect you with favor like a shield, like a, like a 360 spherical force field shield. This is why I don't try to translate the Bible into my modern language because I, I would put like Star Wars imagery in it. Some people think the Passion Translation is a little too far stretched sometimes, but my, I would describe that shield like in Star Wars terminology and pictures. Amen. Uh, Jesus... I was thinking about Jesus in his attire, his clothing, his robe, his priestly robe. Jesus was clothed with the very power of God. This is kind of what God was speaking to me as I was praying over this church, walking on the roof of this church, is that he just wants to pour out his oil into this house, into every person, every vessel, every jar, every, every person in this church. He wants to pour out and fill with his power. Jesus was clothed with the very power of God. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. Let's look really quick at Mark 5. Mark 5. We'll start in verse 25. It says, Now there was a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well, I don't know why she said that within herself, but that's where her faith was at. She knew that if she just got 
close enough to Jesus, close enough to just touch his robe, touch his clothing, that she would be instantly healed. And there's actually a prophetic word given in the Old Testament that speaks to this exact account that prophesied of this woman with the issue of blood. It occurs in Malachi 4, verse 2. The prophet Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, spoke of this woman with the issue of blood, spoke about every believer who comes unto Jesus, seeking healing. Malachi said it this way in Malachi 4, verse 2, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, this is talking about the Messiah, about Jesus Christ, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. You shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. What do stall-fed calves look like? They look like the calves that Pharaoh saw that represent the seven good years. They are fat, they are stall-fed, they are not scrawny, that is what healing looks like. Healing in his wings. The Hebrew word for wings, it is kanath. It can mean wings. It can also mean skirt or borders or corner. It literally means the, the corners of a garment. Jews during the time of Jesus, I believe that Jesus wore this very same thing. They wore talits. They're like the prayer robes. They have... You also often see them as, as white or blue and white with, with tassels on the corners. They wear tassels on the corners because this is, this is spoken in the law in Numbers 15. Numbers 15, starting in verse 38, it says, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels. These tassels are called zitzit. It kind of looks like zitzit with a T. T-zit-zit. Put these tassels on the corners. That word corners is kanaf, the same thing that Malachi. They'll be healing in his wings. Put these, these tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. That blue thread is to symbolize the promises of God. They are to wear them and to keep them on their person at all times, to remember that there, there, is, there is a covenant with God. There are commandments of God, but there are promises of God. The blue thread means the, the promises of God. When this woman reached out and touched the kanaf, touched the corner of Jesus' garment, she very well might have grabbed on to that blue thread. The promises of God, all the promises of God are yes and amen. The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. When she reached out and touched the, the, the corners of his garment, it says in Mark 5, verse 29, that immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction because Jesus was literally, tangibly clothed with the power of God. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. She laid hold of the promises of God. She, she laid hold of that power that was in the very cloth of Jesus. I was thinking about this um, in, in Matthew 27, verse 35. It talks about when Jesus was crucified and the soldiers, these Roman soldiers that looked just like my son yesterday. All these, I saw these little eight-year-old, nine-year-old Roman soldiers running around. When they were crucifying Jesus, it said that they, they cast lots for his garment. They cast lots for his clothing. And um, sometimes we, we like to hypothetically talk about why, why did they cast lots for his garment? I've heard many different, different um, sayings. I've even thought about it myself. You know, why, did, why did they just chop up his garment and um, take it piece by piece, thread by thread? Some people say, well, it was probably a very, very valuable garment, which it, I, I believe it, it probably was. It said it was, it was made with one, one thread. But I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if that's true because at this point in, in Jesus' way to the cross, that garment was probably very stained, very torn, very ripped, very... Probably, you want it, appearance-wise, not that valuable. I believe that they probably 
cast lots for the garment because they, they knew that people touched that garment and were healed. They knew that, that he was clothed with power. They knew there was something special about Jesus. And, and, and they, they desired that garment. But really, Matthew gives the scriptural answer. It's in Matthew 27, verse 35. They crucified him, divided his garments, casting lots. And the reason why was that it might be fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. It's amazing how much scripture is fulfilled, literally fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled. Matthew was a very literal guy. Whenever he saw Jesus do something, when he tells the story of, of Christmas, the story of the birth, he said, this happened because it might be fulfilled. It had to happen because the prophet said so. The, the word of God said, and the word of God is true, and it happened because it, mu it must be fulfilled. Jesus was clothed with power, and the reason why he was clothed with power, the reason why this woman touched his hem and was healed is because the power of God brings the promise into fulfillment. We need to preach the promises of God, believe the promises of God, know the promises of God, not forget them. Keep them in front of your eyes, but also you have to understand that the power of God goes along. I pictured the Holy Spirit hitting this place earlier today, too. You know, up there, there's actually all these lightning rods. And I was thinking, man, what would be cool if just lightning is shooting out of this place? Holy Spirit lightning is shooting out from, from all these... Uh, this used to be a very high-tech, you know, uh, Department of Defense, you know, defense um, contracting. I think uh, Lockheed Martin built stuff in here. Anyways, probably built force fields of these types of things that we don't know about. <laughs> the power of God. We need to, to lay hold of the power of God because that's what brings the promises into fulfillment. So in conclusion... Jesus has given me, he has given you a coat of many colors. You are clothed in his gladness, you are clothed with favor, and you are clothed with power. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.